Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, and you can find it on the new Google Podcasts app, as well as on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play Music, and for iOS users, the Overcast app. Plus, as I've been saying for quite some time now, NHTE is available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California at the Winter NAM Show, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player from Ottawa, Ontario, who has performed internationally, and that does not just mean Canada. When he was 16 years old, he became a social media sensation with over 250,000 followers on Twitter. Plus, he was ranked number one on Reverb Nation in Canada. He just two weeks ago released a new single that we will play at the end of today's show, with Spotify having added it to the 2019 Hits Viral Playlist. You've been hearing a song of his called Fever. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Andrew Casera. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Thanks for making time to, to sit down it's my pleasure. at the Anaheim Convention Center. Go ahead and tell the listeners about that song of yours that we were just playing called Fever. Yeah, so Fever was kind of um, uh, an introduction song to what I would call my, my new direction of sound. Something a little bit more funky, uh, disco, pop rock. Um, and it's a song that, that's pretty much um, about... Um, just just uh, not worrying about anything and not letting anyone bother you and just doing your own thing and having fun and enjoying your life. So it's, it's a pretty liberating song, I find. Um, it's just a message of, of power and strength and just to, to be confident. So, Was there some, something that took place that inspired you to say, this is a message that I want to get out to people through my music? Um, I think it was just kind of like um, just where I was in my life, you know. I was just feeling very, very good about myself, you know. I was very happy with, you know, what was happening in my life. And, you know, I just wanted to share that passion and happiness that I was experiencing with everyone else and, and spread spread the love, you know. <laughs> when you say that it signals sort of a change in the style of your music, keep in mind that we've been fortunate to get listeners to this show from 141 countries around wow. the world so there are listeners who are just being introduced to you for the first time mm -hmm. so it means that that change was a departure from what style to what you're saying that this song now represents so before you know i was i was making more um very very poppy music so almost like bubblegum pop you know i was making music when i was like 16 17 you know at that time um i didn't really develop my 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 sound as I, I consider my sound more mature now um i have a better idea what kind of music i want to make back then i was still figuring it out so i was pretty much all over the map uh but now i'm, I'm making a more um a more kind of uh, pop rock kind of style with some uh, overtones of of disco and funk because i, I really like that kind of music um, so it, I, I find it's music that everyone can enjoy you know uh, my parents they love disco I know a lot of people that like disco, so, um, you know, everyone can enjoy that music, you know, it's not just for people my age, so that, that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about that kind of music, it's, it's for everyone. I have to believe that there's probably someone that you, and someone sing, someone plural, not necessarily singular, that you listen to 
present tense or listened to past tense that maybe influenced that? Who who would that be? Because you keep saying disco, and I'm, yeah. I'm wondering. Um, I definitely, um, I mean, Michael Jackson made a little bit of disco music. I love Michael Jackson. Um, I've listened quite a bit of the Bee Gees. <laughs> Um, so definitely, you're two for two with me so far because Michael <laughs> Jackson and the Bee Gees go a long way with me. So yeah, you're so off the, to a good start here. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of music. Uh, Jamie Roque, um, he uh, he made some great disco music. Or as the Americans would say, Jamiroquai. Yes, <laughs> I'm French. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love I love his music as well. So like, I listen to so much disco and funk, you know, on the side of today's like kind of like pop music so i i find that, that that's where my my influence and my inspiration comes from so i i tend to fuse that together and, and make it my own and listeners just to set the record straight yes i am american i was just joking <laughs> you know that i live in florida andrew and i are just having some fun here so again thinking about those listeners who are just getting introduced to andrew casera so at age 13 you began uploading cover songs to YouTube, you're getting several thousand views. So I imagine, were you just singing, or were you also playing guitar at that uh, time? Back then, you know, I wasn't really playing guitar. That was a couple of years later. But um, you know, when I was like 13, 14, um, you know, I was making like covers on YouTube, making myself, uh, just having a lot of fun, just singing all my favorite songs, and um, that's kind of where everything got started. And afterwards, that uh, I started writing my own music, and um, that's when I really got into songwriting and performing. Um, and just creating art, um, and, and now I'm here. <laughs> but at age 13, were you doing that, you know, just for fun, or was it? No, I already kind of knew I wanted to get into music. It's just that I was only 13, you know. Cut me. Yeah, cut me some I, I always knew that I wanted to get into music. You know, ever since I, you know, I was a, a young kid, and I was like four or five years old. I was obsessed with like the Backstreet Boys. And they're like my idols. They're still my idols now. I believe they're in concert here tonight over really? at the Honda Center where the Anaheim Ducks play their hockey games. No way. Yeah, I'm like 99% sure. I, I need to go to that. <laughs> I think you do. I think you do. Yeah, it's their, their new <laughs> DNA tour. It's, that's super cool. But, uh, yeah, they, they've really inspired me. And since I was a young kid, I always knew that I wanted to be a performer and a songwriter. Um, but it's just at a young age, you know, I didn't really know how to do that or where to start. So, um you know, when I was like uh, in my teens, that's when I I started doing the YouTube covers, and um, that kind of propelled me into like discovering more about um, who I am as an artist and as a person, and what kind of music I like. Um, and yeah. But when you talk about who you are as a person, did you find that when you were getting several thousand views on those videos that it reinforced to you and kind of gave you the affirmation or is it Bruce I don't need the affirmation I know I'm doing music whether people responded to my videos at age 13 or not uh, in my heart I know for sure that I wanted to be a, a musical artist there's no doubt about that but of course when you're you're, you're you're in your teens you know you're not sure about everything and about life um, definitely having people from around the world you know um, send you messages telling you that you know you're good at what you do and that they appreciate um you putting the time to to create something i think definitely feels good in the heart um and it definitely um propels you to keep going uh, especially when when you're in your teens you know you're just uh just living life you know you don't know you don't really know anything so um so that definitely helped me you know um but i i always knew from the beginning that i want to be a musician and that's never going to change for me uh, no matter what so 
I'm, I'm in it for the long run. <laughs> yeah, and that acceptance means a lot to a 13-year-old. So you, yeah. So you say, well, now I'm even more invigorated. Had you been someone that just was gifted with a singing voice, or had you taken voice lessons at some point up to the age of 13 where you felt confident enough putting cover videos on YouTube? So when I, when I was, like, 13, like, realistically, like, I was not a good singer. <laughs> wow. I was not very good. Wow. Um, but I think it's just that I... The pa- I had so much passion to be a singer um, and to be what I want wanted to be um, that I worked really hard to develop my voice. Um, so you know, in my young, in my like I don't I don't think that you know anyone's born with like a magical talent, but that's just my opinion. Um, and if you are, then <laughs> I respect that, and <laughs> I wish I was you. <laughs> but uh, no, like I worked really hard to develop myself as a as an artist um, and as a person as well. So. Um, I think that's a, a, it's a result of all the hard work I put in. Um, and I truly believe that, you know, y- you've never perfected anything. And there's always, you're always learning. So even to this day, you know, like, there's always someone better than you. So I'm always learning to this point how to be better at what I want to be um, in all aspects of my life. I like that. I like that. And just fast forwarding ahead a few years, mm-hmm. talk about hard work. As I mentioned in the intro, Listeners, at the age of 16, Andrew became, as you heard him say, more interested in songwriting, and he was ranked number one in Reverb Nation in Canada and became (laughs) a social media sensation. Over 250,000 followers on Twitter at the age of only 16. When I say, how did you do that, I actually want to know how you did it, because we do have people who listen to the show because they're up-and-coming performers Mm -hmm. that want to learn from the guests. How do I get that many maybe not that many Twitter followers, but how do I get... So how did you get that many Twitter followers at such a young age? Because it was only three years removed from you saying, like, I wasn't even really that good well, of a Well, actually, at that age, I didn't have 250,000 followers. It was, it, was much, it was much less than that. The 250, that's, that's more, I think, in maybe the past, like, two years or so. Okay. Um, but still, like, to, to grow your, your social media following, you know, um, contrary to what a lot of people think, it's, it's, it's not... It's it, it's not easy, <laughs> you know. It's um, it's a lot of hard work, you know, putting yourself out there, um, and trying to, you know, grow grow your profile as an artist. It's it's very difficult, um, but I believe you know, just being consistent and being honest about who you are with people um, goes a long way because people will will appreciate um, the honesty of, of of who you are and your personality. Um, and, and especially if you're uh, if, if a very positive, uh, love-spreading person, um, that goes a long way, and, and it's it's contagious. Um, so that spreads pretty quickly. So I, I think that's um, that's kind of a tip of, of how to um, spread your brand. I guess you know, is just trying to spread a good message. I think that goes a long way. Well, and one of the things that you do that I love because I'm all about this myself is you tweet every day and. Listeners, this is something that I don't really pretty much ever talk about on here in the five years that I've been doing this. But one of the podcasts that I like to listen to is Jay Moore. Jay Moore, for those of you who don't know him, how do you not know him? He's a comedian. He's an actor. He used to host Jay Moore on Fox Sports Radio and his podcast called More Stories. He had an episode where he said, you just got to show up. You got to show up. And he was talking about, I think he coaches his son's wrestling team or something like that. So he's like big time into wrestling, but he's saying like, you just got to show up. And so with tweeting every day, you know, one of the things that I take pride in 
with this show is the fact that it's been delivered on time every week for five years, but also that for those of you that follow the Instagram account for this podcast, I post on that Instagram account every single day. I try to tweet every day. Usually it's Monday through Friday only, but I'm sure that's a large part of the reason that you've been so successful with with Twitter is you tweet every day. And and I want you to speak to that because I know there are people who are listening that go, wait a minute, how does Andrew tweet every day? There's there's lots of days when I don't even know. I have nothing to tweet about. Yeah, so, yeah, being consistent is is very important. Um, Yeah, I try to tweet every single day and and most of the time i'm very good at that (laughs) um but yeah no just just um engaging with with the people that you know are following you um is very important um and and it's it's not that easy you know like a thing that um, uh, i guess like a message that that i keep close to my heart is is you know it's like if you don't have anything good to say then don't say it at all um so that makes tweeting every day very difficult um so you know there's some parts there's some times that um i'll be honest like i don't tweet every single day but for the most part i'm pretty good at it um just because i I like to keep um the message that i i consistently deliver as as positive um so i'm i'm always trying to find a way to um deliver good messages and and honesty and um yeah, like I, I just want to explain my story um, to the people that follow me um, because, you know, it, it is a journey, you know, and that that's what I do. <laughs> well, and a lot of it is the things that you do may seem routine to you. And so you don't necessarily think right away, I should tweet about that. Whereas the people who are following you go, oh, wow, that's cool. He was working on a new song today. And you think, you know, I didn't realize anybody was interested in that, but you tweet about it and all of a sudden people are giving you feedback and and it does start to register with you that, okay, people apparently like to know when I'm jotting down some lyric ideas. Yeah, I find that, you know, when you you give people a little bit of like a tease of like what's going on in your life, um, it brings you closer to them, you know. Um, So I think it's a good way to to bring you closer to your audience and to your fans is definitely to interact with them and and give them a little bit of a taste of who you are as a person you know without giving away too much um keeps things exciting (laughs) well and i am always talking about the seinfeld example of when they were trying to write that pilot and they said what did you do today nothing that's a show because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about that he's working on a song like Mm -hmm. you know andrew what'd you do today nothing really well i mean i had some uh, idea for a song that's a show that's a tweet there you go and it also makes me think of when i was a kid my parents gave me a diary Mm -hmm. and there were days when i would write nothing special happened today and i found that i was writing it so many times that i would get to a point where it'd be months and months into the year and you look at my diary and it would say today was the 22nd nothing special happened today day of you know whatever year it was and so you know, it does kind of challenge you to say, well, am I doing anything interesting today that's worth putting out on Twitter? And to your credit, it sounds like more times than not, you're, you're coming up with something. I mean, this stuff, you know, this is like, yeah, come this on. is great. Yeah, this <laughs> is easy. We're at NAMM and there's all kinds of pictures and interviews yeah. and performing on the stage. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of great content here. Listeners, Andrew and I joked before we started recording today, it actually turns out that French is your first language. Yeah, it is my first language. I come from a, a kind of like a bilingual city in Canada, Ottawa, the, the capital. Um, and I grew up and I went to French school. You know, my 
my mom's side of the family is completely French from the, from the Quebec province. Um, and my dad's side's all English, actually from Florida, in uh, Vero Beach. So he lives in Fort Lauderdale now. So that's how I learned both languages. But yeah. Wow. Wow. He and I were also talking about hockey off the air, probably because on the air you don't want to talk about the Senators. You, he uh, was telling me he likes to, he likes the Vegas Golden Knights. I like so I like uh, VGK now. They're they're really cool. Um, but always in my heart, I'll forever be a diehard Sens fan. I can't erase that. <laughs> because you mentioned your mom's family originally being from Quebec, I think of the Nordiques. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. I wish I could have went to a Nordiques game, but. Too young for that. <laughs> do, you, do you think they'll ever get a team back in Quebec? I would, I would love that. I think um, I think that's that's something that w- that would be really cool for the NHL would be to bring back the Nordiques. I hear they're they're starting a, a team in Seattle. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. So I'm, I was surprised. I figured I thought that maybe they bring back the Nordiques instead because I know there's there's such a, a big um, a big fan base for for that team that still exists, but. Maybe. We never know. You know, maybe they'll bring it back one day. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, I do want to thank Tascam for so much that they do for Now Here This Entertainment, including the equipment that I'm able to use here to record with Andrew, the DR44WL that we're recording into. It's a handheld recorder, but we've just got it on the table here with a couple of TM60 microphones XLR into it. But it has built-in microphones if you're a songwriter and you have some song ideas, you need some place to sing it into instead of your phone, or if you even want to just kind of set it down and maybe strum the guitar a little bit. But, heck, they have so many different solutions well beyond handheld recorders, well beyond microphones, well beyond the headphones of theirs that I'm wearing. The audio interface, I actually have two different audio interfaces from them back at home. The Mini Studio Creator is the one that I use to record now here this entertainment, but I also have the US 2x2 and gosh, if you would see the Tascam display here at the NAM show, if you're anywhere in the music business, you'd be like a kid in the candy store with all the different options that they have. I'm a real big fan of if you're out performing live, record your show live and maybe release it as a live album. But it's also good just to kind of listen back to to hear what your live show sounds like. Tascam has solutions for that, too. Check all of this out at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Visit Tascam.com, look at their products, find out where it's all available. You mentioned Christmas is in Florida with your dad's family. Are you working towards dual citizenship? Do you have dual citizenship? I don't have it at the moment. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to get that for sure. Um, I mean, I, I spend every single year in, in Florida with my family for Christmas, um, sometimes even more. So um, I think in this... In this time in my life, you know, when I'm starting to go and perform more in the U.S., I think that could be beneficial. So we'll see. I'd like to start that process. <laughs> Although a visa application for the band is $1,500. Yeah, it was, it was very expensive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Those are some of the things that you don't think about when you hear about, and I'll call him an international artist, someone that all of a sudden is wanting to play in other countries that people think about the expenses involved with recording with putting out an album things like that and and we're going to get to something similar to that in Mm -hmm. just a minute i want to go back to continuing your timeline along so you released your first ep in 2013 Mm. which was called i know and you promoted that by playing festivals and opening for bands in canada yeah yeah that's right uh yeah i mean that um album came out in 2013 like a four or five song album um, again, like some of the music that I was 
um, trying to figure out like where I wanted to go, like which direction. So it was um, a couple different styles of music on there. But uh, yeah, like uh, I performed, I opened for some some great acts in Canada. It was a lot of fun. I played some festivals. So um, you know, at, at the very beginning of my career, you know, it was it was very fun to kind of explore and and see what it was to really be a performing artist. Um, and it really helped me to kind of um, direct me in, into being the artist I am today. You know, I I did a lot of different kind of shows. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely thankful, you know, and I, I don't regret anything I've done. So, Well, because when you do release your first EP, you do have to go into promotion mode, and all of a sudden you say, gee, some of these festivals are kind of different. There's some opportunities to open for some bands. That's mm-hmm. a different animal than playing at a festival. But yeah. all I know is I've got this EP out now. i got to promote it. I'm not just going to sit at home and cross my fingers and hope <laughs> the thing does well. Yeah. So you get out there, and then you learn different lessons from being at festivals exactly. and opening up and being on the road. And like you said, you just got to show up, you know? <laughs> That's what you got to do is you you got to go out there and work hard and promote yourself and promote your music. So fast forward, and, and we're almost up to present day. In 2017, you were featured on Guy Fiasco's new released single, Time Zones. Mm-hmm. And that was the same year that you headlined the Youth X Canada Summer Tour. Yes. So it sounds like 2017, things really started to, ge- to get yeah, moving. Yeah, it, it, started, it started to move. And um, yeah, the Youth X Canada Tour was, was really fun. I, I, I met a lot of people. Um, we, we traveled across, uh, across many youth centers, um, across the, the province and um, I met so many kids and, you know, we, we exchanged so many stories and performed and had a lot of fun. And I learned so many things about about just the today's youth, also about myself and, and being a performing artist. And I got to experience um, so many different um, kind of little cities, you know, so it was very eye opening for me. And it was, it was I completely enjoyed myself and. Um, I, I hope those kids really uh, enjoyed the experience that we brought to them, and I hope it benefited their lives, and they can take that and do something good with it. Now, if you look back over this little bit of a timeline that we've built here, mm-hmm. 2013, playing festivals and opening for bands in support of your I Know EP, mm-hmm. and 2017, headlining the Youth X Canada Summer Tour, were those always band shows was it ever just solo andrew casera what what did all that look like uh it was pretty much always um we'd always did pretty much like acoustic gigs uh we brought i brought i always bring like my full band with me everywhere you know we were working very hard um to bring a full show and like a full experience um you know so we brought the whole the whole team which was how many pieces what 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 instruments were there other than you playing uh, I mean acoustic um, cajones uh, sometimes even a bass we do like a live bass for an acoustic so wow. we even inc- incorporate that um, even my acoustic as well sometimes so it was really like a full a full show but stripped down a little bit and uh, you know I think the kids had a lot of fun because afterwards we we do like this session where you know sometimes we teach the kids how to play a couple chords you know play some guitar um, talk about music, what they like, um, and even do like a little kind of circle where we just get to share our days and and um, I like it. Yeah, it was just like it, it was just a lot of fun. So, fast forwarding to just a couple months ago, in October, you played in Korea. Yeah, yeah, that was an, an amazing experience. Completely changed my life. Um, 
I've I've been um, to Asia before, but I've I've never I've never been to Korea and um, performing there was amazing. Um, I got to experience so, like a completely different culture. The food was amazing. The fans were amazing. I got to to meet some fans there that came to our show as well. Like it was it was it was a lot of fun, and um, I hope to go back soon. <laughs> well, how does and I'm I'm holding up air quotes, listeners. How does a kid from Eastern Canada? end up because people would say oh he'll probably go across the border and play in the northern part of the u.s how do you end up all the way over in some place like korea i think um we've been working extremely hard um for the past two years and i think we're 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 really um you know seeing seeing some some i guess like some results for all our hard work that we're putting into this so um my my team and i we we put countless hours uh, our whole lives are into this. This, this is this is what we really want to do. So I'm. I think we're just finally seeing the beginning of what could be just an amazing career for all of us. So I'm really excited, and I can't wait to go to to different countries and experience new cultures and bring our music to to new people. And that event in Korea was called the Zandari Festa. Yeah. I assume that was a festival. That was the festival. Yeah. Okay. And then the festival that you played in July was in sweden uh, that was in september, september. Okay. july we played uh, we played blues fest in ottawa okay so you went to sweden mm-hmm. uh so that would be a month before you went to korea mm-hmm. but this is what i was referring to before listeners andrew had a kickstarter to raise three thousand dollars to go to sweden i mean these, yeah. are, these are not things that again come across your email come across your virtual desk and you say oh this is cool a festival in sweden let's go to that i mean it costs a lot of money to do that and then ironically the first contribution for your kickstarter came from sweden yeah it was completely coincidental it was i mean it was it was not expected you know it wasn't anyone we knew as well it was just someone that was very excited to see that um you know a a group from canada was coming to sweden so we were very thankful and it was very um inspiring to see just someone from Sweden um, that was so inviting um, so I think right from the beginning there um, we just kind of knew what we were getting into and it was it was very cool to see um, it was kind of like getting a taste of how the Swedish culture could be what the people were like and uh, just just like we thought at the beginning the, the people were amazing they were so nice um, very friendly and um, uh, I, I can't wait to go back you know <laughs> How did you view the challenge of starting up a Kickstarter campaign? Because I know that that's a very daunting task, and I know that it's not something that people launch and just say, well, we'll see how it goes, because you only have 30 days. So Yeah, yeah. That was actually the first time we did that. Um, pretty much that whole thing was really on the fly. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't really expect to, to be going to Sweden so, so soon as well. So we're, I mean, myself and, and the rest of my team, we're extremely thankful to, to have the whole thing funded relatively quickly uh we actually had it funded while we were in sweden right after we finished our gig ah. um so like that that was like a big celebration you know we were just standing in sweden and then get a notification on on the phone and see that we we were very successful so um it's it's a difficult task especially for a first time um we didn't know what we were getting into but for all the friends and family and, and fans that c- c- contributed and, and got us to Sweden, we're extremely thankful because it's a it's a big thing to do and it's not a it's not a surefire way to do things, but um, um, we did it. 
I am on location at the 2019 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California, joined by singer, songwriter, guitar player Andrew Casera. Visit his official website at andrewcaseramusic.com, and we will have a link to that site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Obviously, he is certainly on social media, so be sure that you engage with Andrew. He is on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And then in terms of his music, it is available on Spotify. Keep up with Andrew online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live. And, of course, as he continues to release new music, you'll want to keep up with him to get the announcements on that, where it's available, and continue to support him. For this show, we are on all those same social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm really grateful to everybody who engages with the show on those different platforms. Do just go to nhte.net and look for all those social media buttons. You can click on whichever icon or icons, plural, that you prefer for whatever your favorite social media platform is to find us on those, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I look forward to your comments, your messages, and just really appreciate all your continued support. For NHTE. So getting back to performances, Andrew, you performed here yesterday at the NAM show mm-hmm. on listeners. If you've never been to NAM, it is it's a really prestigious stage that you got the opportunity to perform on. I'm talking big in size and big in reputation. It was amazing, yeah. Um, an exciting time because that was your first time performing in the US officially, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, to be performing at NAM, um, yeah, I'm extremely grateful, you know. Uh, first year at NAM as well, and getting to perform here as well on the first year we're here, like that's uh, that's a, a a big thing to be thankful for. So we're very thankful to be invited to come and perform here, uh, and really enjoying the experience as well. It's an amazing uh, conference and festival. It's a lot of fun. So from the category of what came first, the chicken or the egg, was it? you only came here because you got selected to perform or is it we were going to come anyways and decided let's also apply to see if we get picked to perform while we're there um we weren't really planning on coming to nam um i knew that i wanted to go one day you know like every single year you know when it passes like "Mm, should i go should i go Uh, i don't know uh but this year i guess was the year that uh you know we 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 got invited to come perform so it was a perfect opportunity you know so um so I'm, I'm very, very thankful that we came. And uh, Andrew and I are talking on the second day. So I know you performed yesterday, but have you had any time to walk around? What, what else will you do while you're here for this four-day event? Um, I, uh, I, I definitely started taking a look around at the booths. And uh, I've met a lot of cool people as well. Um, a, a lot of different, uh, different like music products that you wouldn't normally see in your everyday music store. So I've seen some pretty crazy stuff that's very intriguing. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's very inspiring because you, you think of all these cool things that you can do with your performance and with your show. Um, so it kind of gets your, 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 your mind spinning, you know. So I'm already thinking, hmm, what can I do to make my, my show uh, more interesting for, for the people that come and, and see us play? So uh, I think as a result of being here, um, there will be definitely some, some new experiences that we're going to bring to uh, the audiences in the future. And for your fans in the U.S., is this opening a door now where now that you have performed in California, now maybe they might look for some dates from you elsewhere in the U.S.? Um, I, th- I think we're, de- we're definitely going to be back soon, um, sooner than, than later, hopefully. Uh, but I think definitely this opens a door to us coming back and, and performing 
uh, hopefully in 2019. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you have a band. Mm -hmm. you, you used to perform with tracks and with dancers. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so is it always you and a band? I mean, the dancers are gone. Obviously, the tracks are gone. Is, is it 100% anytime anybody sees Andrew, Andrew Casero live, it will be with your band? At this moment in time, it's, it's always with my band. I, I, I believe in keeping a, a good, consistent show. Um, it's, it's a brand that I, I stand strong behind, so um, I love the, the whole band uh, setup, and it's a lot of fun. I, I have a lot of fun with the guys, and we're really good friends now. We're, we're pretty much family now, so um, yeah, uh, maybe we'll bring in dancers later on, but we're keeping the band. <laughs> Now, listeners, you should know that Andrew is signed with SGM Group, and I know that those who are listening, Andrew, who are up-and-coming performers themselves, are shaking their heads and saying, when do I get signed? How, how, did, how did Andrew get, quote-unquote, discovered? How did he get this opportunity? So how did you get, quote-unquote, discovered? And then just talk a little bit about SGM Group themselves, their, their business model. You know, how Yeah. Um, I mean, the truth is, is that, you know, I put myself out there a lot um, on, on YouTube, um, but really, like it was Reverb Nation that um, that really got that 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 was really the platform that helped my manager discover me. Um, so, like at a, at a point in time, I, I released like my first song. Um, I wrote it myself, everything, and uh, I put it on Reverb Nation, and um, I was I ended up somehow like on the charts. <laughs> Um, and then my manager um, sent me a message back then and invited me to, to go to his, uh, his studio. And, uh, and then that's what pretty much started everything. It was, it was Reverb Nation and YouTube. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so, Andrew, another development last year, meaning 2018, you put out an album called The Big Bang. Mm -hmm. Re explain to the listeners what the Big Bang was. Yeah, so the Big Bang—it's—it's it's a compilation album of, of um, all the previous singles that are released uh, up until "Victim." The "Victim's" not on there, um, but to me, it's—it's it's kind of the message of I'm closing uh, that chapter of my life and, and that era of my music, um, so that I can open a new chapter and and introduce uh, the listeners to the new type of music that I want to make. So. It's a compilation album. Um, it's I'm, I'm really proud of all the work that I've done up until now. So it's just a, a way to showcase that this was uh, what really started everything. That's why we call it the Big Bang, because it's the Big Bang that, that started it all, you know? Well, and we're kind of coming full circle here as we get into the home stretch of the interview, because back at the beginning when you talked about fever, you said it sort of signals a, a shift in terms of a change in, in your sound. Yeah. So now going forward... You know what, what does 2019 have in store for you? Meaning, say from as as present day as now, when you and I are talking throughout the rest of the calendar year, um, a lot of groove. A lot. There's going to be a lot of more groove in the music. Um, I'm really liking the the funky um, disco kind of uh, music. So I'm going to be working uh, really hard and attentively to uh, to make some great music. And, uh, yeah, you can expect a lot more groove in 2019. <laughs> well, so since The Big Bang was a compilation album, does that mean that in 2019 you'll be writing and recording and maybe even releasing more new music? Yeah. Um, so we're going to be releasing a new album um, towards the end of 2019. Okay. So towards the end of the year. So does that mean that you'll be maybe 
off the road a little bit more this year and probably in 2020 you'd be out in support of what you released later in 2019? Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen, um, but for sure I'm going to take uh, a little bit of time to, to write this new album. Um, recording it right now, writing it right now. So um, as soon as it's out, we're definitely going to be hitting the road and playing it for, uh, for all the fans, and I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to ask Andrew in a minute when he's talking about the writing that he's doing, if he writes by himself or if he writes with co-writers. But first, since he is a guitar player, I do have to tell you, listeners, that if you're a guitar player, if you're not a guitar player and you're thinking of getting into playing guitar, make sure you check out Boulder Creek Guitars. That's what I play. That's what players from Three Doors Down, from Fleetwood Mac, heck, country star Lee Bryce plays a Boulder Creek guitar. There's been guests on this show. Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz was on this show. He plays Boulder Creek. Mick Mahan, the bass player for Pat Benatar, he was on this show. Chris Donahue, the bass player for Emmy Lou Harris. These have all been guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, and they've talked about why they play Boulder Creek guitars. The president and CEO of Boulder Creek guitars, Jeff Stramitz, he was on the show because he's a regular gigging musician just like you are, but he was also able on that episode to talk about what makes their instrument so different and the sound that you get from it. I always say that their instruments do look very cool, but if you just buy a guitar based on how it looks, you're really not making an informed decision. So look at their website, look at all the other artists that play it, get a list of dealers, find out more at bouldercreekguitars.com. It's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Uh, Andrew, what, what about it? What about the writing? You're writing by yourself or with others? I uh, definitely write with uh, with my team, um, but uh, you know, I, I write with my guitar player. Uh, I write with my producer, um, but um, I'm 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 a melody and lyrics kind of guy. I help with the, the guitar parts and all that as well. But uh, really, my forte is is writing melodies and lyrics. So that's 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 where I find I shine. <laughs> if you broke it down to songwriting and recording and performing mm-hmm. is there one out of those three or maybe even put them in, in order in terms of you know yeah if, if i could only do one of those three i really love well that's a tough one um hmm. i think i think they all three they go together but uh, sure. I, I think really if i could pick one if i could only have one i think that the the writing aspect of it wow. is, is very important wow. um and and that's that's really where I get to, to show my uh, my personality. It it comes through, it it shows through my music. So um, I think the writing is is something that I'm really proud of and something I love to do. So, but performing um, it it's up up there on equal level. If I could have both, I would have it. <laughs> but if you're only giving me one choice, then I guess I have to take the writing. <laughs> Gun to the head, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we close. I'm going to ask you this, and, and I'm sure I already know the answer, which is, I don't know, it just showed up on our email. But I mentioned at the beginning that Get Down, Spotify put that on their 2019 Hits viral playlist. Any idea how it ends up on there? Because, again, I know there's people who are listening that are saying, man, if Spotify would put my song on one of their playlists, good things would happen. But <laughs> it, I don't know that you have any control over that, do you? No, I think it's kind of a really gray area. Like, I don't know much about it. Um, but you know, I'm I'm really thankful. You know, let's uh, Spotify is a big thing in the music industry. Apple Music at the moment, streaming is huge. So, I'm really thankful for all the the opportunities and and all the the invitations to the festivals and all that. I'm I'm really thankful and I'm very happy and excited to do them. So, um, 
you just got to keep rolling with the shots, you know. If, if you get added to a playlist, then you got to think of what you're going to do next to to keep that uh, momentum like going, I you like know. It. I like it. Yeah, don't don't rest on your laurels. Exactly. You're happy <laughs> that it happens, but, you know, that's great that it's there. What's next? Are, are you still a believer in, in physical units, though, in, in having physical CDs or EPs to hand to people, or is it just all digital at this point? I think, I think CDs are kind of phasing out. But I really like the ideas of vinyls coming back. Mm. That's something that I would, I would really enjoy is having my own uh, vinyl for one of my albums. So um, I'd like to do that. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's really cool that vinyls are coming back because they're almost like collector's items, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's something that an artist can make very special um, to, to hand over to their fans. Um, they can make it almost like an experience, you know? Um, and... I, I think uh, with CDs, you know, those are kind of disappearing. But uh, I think vinyl could be, you know, an even better option. You know, the sound quality is great. Yeah, and I think of when Ronnie Simmons and Foxy Kelly from The Hots were on this show and they talked about the yellow vinyl album of version that they had put out. Uh, I actually hope to see them both here while at the NAMM show. And, of course, I always talk about Jerry Jean when he was on this show, singer-songwriter out of New York, and uh, the great lengths that he went to on that episode to really talk about, when I say the production of an album, I mean the manufacturing and all that goes into what you need to know about a certain weight that you use and all that. So if you're fascinated by that type of thing, go back and listen. And I'll put links to all these past interviews that I'm referring to, the Hots, Jerry Jean, everybody else, uh, Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz and so on, on the show page for Andrew's episode at nhte.net. In the meantime, Andrew, we are going to close with your song called Get Down, your newest single just released on January 10th. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song. Yeah, Get Down is, to me, it's a really fun song. It's very groovy. Um, it's all about, you know, it's it's kind of like paying homage to, like, the disco era. Um, again, with the whole disco thing, you know, <laughs> I'm really liking it. So um, I try to incorporate that as much as I could into this song. Um, but yeah, it, it's very, it's, it's a song about just having a good time, um, and just enjoying life and enjoying music, you know? So I, I think that's something that's really important. So I just wanted to pass that message on in, in the song. So it's, it's a fun song to listen to and just get down, you know? <laughs> and it's appropriate because in the time that I've gotten to know you, as we've sat here, that does sound like it embodies who you are as a person that you've just really, you're just really enjoying where you're at yeah. and what better way to reflect that than writing a song about it. Exactly. You just got to enjoy the moment, you know, we all live once. So I think just enjoying the music, enjoying the moment is something that's very important and that, that we just need to learn how to do, you know, there's, it's a, it's a crazy world out there, but we have only have this one moment to enjoy it. Well said. Well said. Andrew, thank you so much. Great to meet you. I appreciate your time today. It was great uh, meeting you as well, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Andrew Casera. Visit his official website at andrewcaseramusic.com. As I said, we will put a link to his website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Engage with Andrew on social media, so that means like his Facebook page, Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him that you heard him and his music and now hear this entertainment. Remember that his music is available on Spotify. Make sure you follow him on there and keep up with Andrew online so that you can see developments on the new music that he talked about that he'll be working on throughout 2019 as well as any live dates that he announces. Again, this show, engage with us through any one of those same social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. There are links, icons 
for all of those at nhte.net. I look forward to your comments, to your messages, and just I'm really grateful for everybody who listens, subscribes, and does like, comment, and engage on social media. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Andrew Casera. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Get Down. Feeling sick, music loud Losing sleep, I make my way Then just like that, oh my gosh So hard to overload This beat has got me sick, I'm an animal And then I caught a glimpse of you A perfect sense from every view Right there with your friends, with your friends But I know so well That you all came here for one thing Just this word for such a lanes Now you get me on, get me on some type of lust Got me on, got me on, got me on, got me on